we have reached the AFC and NFC championship games. Man, the season really flew by. And some more coaching vacancies have been filled with a really big name not getting the calls. Oh, we are going to dive into all of that this episode of the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Parody Dean Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. I am your host, CJ Medeiros, and with me is my good friend, my co-host, and our resident Ravens fan, Justin Tucker. Yes, sir. Yes. It's a very, very good week of football coming up. Or a oh, that's, that's right, Justin. As mentioned earlier, this is championship weekend, AFC NFC Championship game. Final mm-hmm. games before the coveted Super Bowl. But first, we have four teams that need to be whittled down to two. And that is what we are going to take a look at today. Kicking off with the AFC Championship game preview. So stop me if you've heard this one before. The Kansas City Chiefs, through the power of Taylor Swift and questionable officiating, are back in the AFC Championship game. However, this time around, they're on the road. And facing that or facing them will be the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore yeah. with Lamar yeah. Jackson having a, a real MVP campaign after he was named one of the finalists for it. So mm-hmm. it's Chiefs, it's Ravens, and it's a real clash of the Titans if I've ever seen one. Truly a fitting way to cap off this murder's row of a conference. You know, there are a lot of good teams, but, hey, you know how it is. The NFL is just brutal. And, you know, there are some teams that we thought were really good. You know, like Miami fizzled out in the playoffs and teams like Buffalo that were playing with house money just imploded, leaving us with Kansas City at Baltimore. So, Justin. What do you make of this matchup? Uh, this might be game of the year. This game might be game of the year. Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. The Baltimore Ravens versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Everything's on the line. One wants to maintain their foothold as back as future back-to-back Super Bowl champions and a dynasty. The other one wants to get their very first Super Bowl in 10 years. Lamar Jackson is looking for his first Super Bowl, and he need and he wants it bad. This team wants it bad. The offense wants it. The defense wants it. The head coaching wants it. Everybody, the city of Baltimore, feels like they need this trophy, and it's about time. It's a clash of wills. This AFC Championship game is going to be one talked about for years to come. If Lamar Jackson's able to get this, 
they're going to talk about Lamar Jackson in a different lighting going forward. If Patrick Mahomes gets this, he walks into a different echelon as far as his quarterback ranking goes. This is a big moment in football history. It's a big moment in both Lamar Jackson's and Patrick Mahomes' history. That Baltimore Ravens defense is going to be something special, and that defense is going to be tested against Patrick Mahomes in that offense. I see this being a true clash of titans, one trying to keep their foothold in immortality, the other trying to get their foot into immortality. I see, of, of course, I'm going to see my Ravens pulling this off, but this is going to be one hell of a game coming up. Took the words right out of my mouth, Justin. Wow. Just Mahomes versus Jackson. Truly the football mm -hmm. gods or maybe the script writers love us a lot. Mm -hmm. What a story. But we all know about the Chiefs. This is the weakest they've looked on paper, offensively at least. Their defense has been doing a lot of the grunt work. But so long as Mahomes is Mahomes, they will always have a chance. You know, there's the whole, you yep. never bet against Mahomes because – when the chips are down, I'm noticing shades of Tom Brady in there. You know, he's going in there into opposing territory and winning games that he shouldn't. Wow. And and we always talk about doing more with less, but now he's got to do something with nothing. I mean, Rasheed Rice is okay. You know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling can't catch. Kadarius Tony exists. And teams are double-teaming Travis Kelsey every play. But, but hey, they're still doing it. Legereus Sneed has broken out their other corner there, whose name escapes me. You know the one, the first rounder. Trent um, McDuffie. McDuffie, that's it. Trent McDuffie. Oh, man, he's been looking solid too. And you've got a stud, an absolute stud up front, a defensive tackle, Chris Jones. Mm -hmm. Here's the Baltimore Ravens. I got some news for you, Tuck. You, are, you probably already know this, but you got a friend back. Yeah. Mark Andrews, their star tight end off IR. And Lamar, let me tell you something. This isn't the Ravens of old. Oh, no, 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 no. Not by a long shot. Weapons. Ravens, we've all considered you know, to be a ground and pound team, but J.K. Dobbins is hurt again. Keaton Mitchell is gone. You have Gus Edwards, and yeah, I guess you've got uh, Alvin Cook, maybe. But that's not it. It's about the offense. Even without Mark Andrews, Isaiah likely was filling the role. You've got a surging Odell Beckham Jr. and an absolute stud in college rookie Zay Flowers. Mm -hmm. And oh, man. And guess what? And you've even managed to squeeze some production out of Nelson Aguilar somehow. So good for you. He's been good but, this year. But the real story, let me tell you, is the defense underrated? You got Justin Matabuke, Buke, I believe it's pronounced right. Matabuke, and you've got some decent edge rushers with guys like Odafe Owe, right? Mm -hmm. And Solid. in the defensive backfield, you got some real lurkers like uh, Kyle Hamilton, always prowling around, ready to lay the hammer, and a top mm -hmm. five corner in Marlon Humphrey. But, yep. but for me, it's the linebackers arguably the best linebacker duo in the league. Probably, mm -hmm. No, 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 not arguably the best linebacker duo in the league in Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. 
Now we all know Patrick Mahomes is always going to pull some magic out, but this defense, this is not a defense that he has faced this season. You know what I mean? This is, he hasn't faced anything close to this, but the chiefs defense, they've been holding their own, but the Baltimore Ravens remind me of a Swiss army knife. You know, like I said, if you think you've got Lamar hemmed in the pocket, he's going to rip 20 yards off you. You know, if you have him out of the pocket, he's going to throw across his body for a 35-yard touchdown. This is Lamar's time. He's angry. You know what I mean? That, that's really what it comes down to. He really wants it. And the Chiefs know this. And Lamar's playing with house money, as in he is literally in his house. Yep. So before I give my prediction, Justin, mm-hmm. where – just give us a quick breakdown here. What do you think about this game and who is go and who is punching their ticket to the Super Bowl? First off, we already know who's punching their ticket. No doubt it's going to be the Ravens. I'm not picking anybody else. When I when if I'm taking my bias out of it, it comes down to who has the ball. And I believe Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens will have the ball longer than Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So that limits Kansas City Chiefs' opportunities. And they have to go up against the number one defense. If they keep getting three and outs against that defense, I find it increasingly harder for them to stay in the game with Lamar Jackson and that Ravens offense. If they can't keep score with them, they can't win. And if they can't keep the pace, then it's going to be a tremendous struggle. And if they can't reach 30, which I believe will be the optimum number here, then I feel like that it's just going to get worse and worse. With the... With the Lamar, with Lamar Jackson, the Ravens offense playing the way that they are, and the number one defense in the NFL being the Baltimore Ravens, I feel like this is just going to be too much for any team to deal with, including the Kansas City Chiefs. Even though I feel like if the game stays close, they could they could do something. But overall, I think the Ravens are going to pull it off in the end because they just have everything going for them right now. So I'm gonna say Ravens thirty. Kansas City 24. All right. Now for me, I want to issue a warning to the Ravens. I'm not saying they will, but do not, do not, do not get complacent. The Kansas City Chiefs are a second-half team. Mm -hmm. Even though their offensive weapons are slim to none, they can drop two touchdowns in the blink of an eye. Your your two to three score lead can be gone. Like just like that. So if you're going to kill him, you better burn the body and make sure they're dead. Yep. However, the Ravens, they've got flash, but they've got substance behind it. And Mm -hmm. I just think the Ravens offense is just going to be really what separates it. They have more electricity. They have more scoring threats. And and not to mention being in Baltimore with all the importance surrounding this game, I, I, I'm i going to have to tilt towards the Ravens. It's going to be close, but I think it's going to go to the Ravens. And there's one more thing. You know what I mentioned before when the Chiefs beat the Bills? You know, Bills are a good team, but mm-hmm. it's also about coaching. All cards on the table. Sean McDermott is not a good coach. But you know who is? 
John Ooh. Harbaugh. Yeah. John Harbaugh is a good coach. And I definitely think he can stack up to Andy Reid. And when you and when you are going from it's because you know for the coaches, you know, they're obviously not on the field, it becomes a mind game. Andy Reid obviously is running and when it comes to strategy, runs circles around Sean McDermott. Not so with John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh can keep the can keep pace with him. And as a result, I do believe that the Baltimore Ravens will win this game. And it will be by a score of 27 to 21. I hope so. Oh, man. Just so cool. it, it would seem that we are in agreement that the Ravens win. And without yeah. bias, I do think it's going to be a close game. I can see either team rallying late, but you never know for sure. However, I just think that Andy Reid has uh, an actual real challenge as far as a coaching opponent and just with the talent that the Ravens have, that's I think going to be the defining moment. If Kansas city had better had like better receivers, I would probably tilt in their direction, but that's what it's going to come down to. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, this is 2024 offense wins championships. You need sizzle. You need flat. I mean, defense is nice, but in this era, it's about who can drop 30. And I would trust the Ravens to do so, more so than the Chiefs. Which is saying a lot. Mm-hmm. And look, that's no knock on Mahomes. It's just Ravens might just have a smidgen more talent. Well, with Justin and I in agreement, we are now going to be moving on to the NFC Championship game, where we have two very different teams who were on very different trajectories. Oh, man, breaking that down is going to be fun. So you're, I don't think you're going to want to miss that. We might shock you with our picks. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski Podcast, powered by Power 88 Dean Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. Once again, I am your host, CJ Medeiros, with my good friend and our favorite Ravens fan, Justin Tucker. Mm -hmm. And we're going to move on from the AFC Championship, and now we are going to preview the NFC Championship with the San Francisco 49ers back at home hosting ready the Detroit Lions my oh my have they come a long way how do you like that just the times change don't they Justin yes they have my oh my I can only I remember it like it was just yesterday they were 0 and 16 yeah so, like I said, two teams that for their entire career have been two different trajectories. And correct me if I'm wrong, 
This is the Detroit Lions' first career NFC Championship game appearance. Yep. So. Nope, no, no. It's their second because I believe Barry Sanders got them to one. Yeah, it's either their first or their second. So either way, history in the making here. And the Lions. Very long time. And of the four remaining teams, the Lions are the only team that's never even been to a Super Bowl. So a lot on the line for them. But the Niners, oh, man, they are stacked with talent. Mm -hmm. Justin, what's your analysis? Dear, oh, dear. When looking at this game, I think it's the two best teams in the NFC. At first, I thought there was some other team that can contend with these two. But when you look down to it, these two teams are the best teams in the NFC. NFC without a doubt and basically for two different reasons the 49ers you already know what they're getting talent on top of talent on top of talent from the quarterback position all the way down to the skills positions and even the linemen Trent Trent Williams George Kittle Debo Samuel Brandon Ayuk and I haven't even gotten to the defensive side of the ball with Nick Bosa Fred Warner Dre Greenlaw Jadavius Ward Things of that nature. When you look up and down, they have talent everywhere. And not to be outdone, the quarterback's not too bad himself. Oh, no, this is – there was a reason that they were the number one team in, for for most of the season. And then you look at Detroit. From last year till now, from when Dan Campbell started as the head coach, they looked like a different team. From a team that barely got any wins to a team that were fighting for wins to a team that is now contending for a Super Bowl, these Detroit Lions are not just saying Detroit Lions. They've made it to the playoffs, and they've actually won a couple of playoff games. They've put themselves in position to make it to their very first Super Bowl. I never thought in my lifetime I would be saying this about Detroit. I never thought I'd get to that point, but Dan Campbell has had has gotten these this team to believe in what they can do. And I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm looking, I'm looking at Detroit, and it's possible they can make it to the Super Bowl. I could see it. They the way they played against the Buccaneers and the way the 49ers played against the the Packers, this is going to be a very interesting NFC championship game in Santa Clara. Huh. I think you're right. I do. Wow. We've come a long way just with, with the yeah. Lions. You know, it's like, like I said, two teams, two very different backgrounds. The Niners have five championships. You know, they've been to two Super Bowls this century thus far. I mean, they lost both of them, but they still made two Super Bowls at least. Lions have just recently, you know, like a few weeks ago, won their first playoff game since I think like the George H.W. Bush administration. Yep. So just wow. You have one of the most storied franchises versus one of the most pitied franchises, and I am here for it. I'm here. Now, for it. on paper, you'd look at the home field advantage, you know, you'd look at the rosters and you'd say, Detroit doesn't have a chance. San Fran's got this in the bag. Much like the Ravens, I am going to give a word of caution to the Niners. The Niners have a lot of flash on that offense. It's very, very 
you know, dangerous, very electric, you know, but their weakness is a team like Detroit. Detroit is a gritty, hard-nosed, punch-you-in-the-mouth team. You know what I mean? And Flash and Sizzle doesn't really do too well against old-school power football. Mm-hmm. And to Brock Purdy, you have to roll with the punches. Walk right on that field. Seriously, Detroit doesn't respect you. They're not afraid of you. They're going to spit in your face and punch you in the mouth. The question is, how do you respond? You sh- And in an ideal world for Niners fans, as soon as that happens, it would be the equivalent of pulling out a bazooka and just blowing the Lions where they stand with all that talent. Mm-hmm. But, but the Lions, they're scrappy. Hey, they're going to bite your kneecaps. Isn't that what Dan Campbell said? Yep. But at the end of the day, I just think the Niners have too many weapons. I really do. I mean, even without Debo Samuel, I mean, you still have George Kittle, you still have Brandon Ayuk, and you still have Christian McCaffrey, along with a serviceable O-line and a scary defense featuring Roche pass rush. But on the flip side, I'd also like to give a warning to Jared Goff. Jared Goff is no stranger to championship games. Mm-hmm. One one. He beat the Saints with a little bit of uh, blindness from the zebras there, but we but uh, I don't want to rip the Band-Aid off for any New Orleans fans. <laughs> but <laughs> at the end of the day, this Lions defense, like I said, is going to go punch you in the mouth. Every play, they're looking to put someone in the hospital. I'm not calling them dirty. I'm just saying they play that hard. But, but you, I mean, uh, uh, that's how the Lions defense is. But then there's the Niners. Yeah, the Niners, they just have God-given talent. You know what I mean? So, like I said, I just summed up the Lions defense. But for Jared Goff, that Niners defense, you have Chase Young and Nick Bosa coming at you from both sides. Javon Kinlaw coming up the middle. And a really good line, good linebacker duo in Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw who would probably be a close second to the Ravens linebacker tandem that I mentioned earlier. And even still, you do have some good defensive backs too with guys like Ambry Thomas and Trevarius Ward, among others. So there will be somebody in your face on darn near every play, Jared. Make smart decisions, get the ball out quick, and kind of like what the Ravens have to do to the Chiefs, keep that 49ers offense off the field. But at yep. the end of the day, I think I said this earlier, I just think the Niners have too much. And I think it's going to be a game, but I think towards the second half, the Niners might start pulling away. I think the San Francisco 49ers will beat the, the Detroit Lions 28-17. Justin, where do you stand officially? I got Detroit one in this game. I got Whoa, Detroit. all right. I got I like Detroit it. in this thing. I, I I really like this Detroit team. The, the way they the way Dan Campbell talks about this team, the way the city backs them up, the way the whole team feels inspired to play for one another. I like this team. It, there's no like superstar, but there's tons of talent revolving around this team, and I like that. Jared Goff, 
has shown that he can be a top quarterback in this game when you need him to be the most. He pulled out the one against the LA against the LA Rams when they absolutely needed him to perform. When it was third down, he threw the ball to Amon Raj St. Brown and basically sealed the win there. Against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he didn't turn the ball over and he showed you why he what he's like in these playoff games when he's actually healthy instead of actually having an injured hand. And now that he actually has championship pedigree, being in championship games, even though he may not have a Super Bowl, he knows what it's like to play in one. I believe this is going to be to his advantage. Brock Purdy made it to a championship game, but he got injured within the first few minutes because Hassan Reddick was like, not today, buddy. But all in all, I like I I really like this Lions team. And I feel like the more this game goes on and the closer it gets, the more pressure that it's going to be on the 49ers because Detroit is technically not supposed to be in this game with them. So I think that can play more to their advantage. I believe that people are underestimating how good this Lions team is, and I feel like that's going to be good enough to get the job done. I believe Amon Ross St. Brown is going to have a day against the secondary. And I believe Jameer Gibbs is going to have a solidly good game of production. I don't know. I think Detroit will be just good enough and savvy enough to get the job done with their grit and grind. And I think that they'll pull out late and seal the deal. I got Detroit winning 27-24. All right. I respect it, and to be honest, I could see it going that way too. But like I said, I think the game's going to start out close, and then the Niners might pull away. I could see that happening, but I, to me, I have to see like Jared Goff turning the ball over, and I don't see it happening right now. It could happen, but it just hasn't happened this postseason. So I need to see it before I'm like, oh, okay, this is how it's going to go. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. Mm -hmm. Could go either way. However, that's going to do it for this segment of the Fumble Rooski podcast. But there's one more thing we need to touch on. Sure, we cover the championship games, but look, look at the teams on the other end of the spectrum. There are some teams that weren't that good, who fired their head coaches, and they need some new ones. And it just so happens some vacancies were filled. And we are going to touch on who got what and and a name that probably should have been hired but hasn't yet. We're going to unpack all that next on the Bumble Ruski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast brought to you by Parody at Dean Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. 
I am your host, CJ Medeiros, and with me is our good friend and my favorite fan, Justin Tucker. Well, some not every team can make their respective conferences championship game. Not every team can punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. In fact, some teams are so terrible, they have parted ways with their head coaches, deeming that, well, it was time for change. And one such team, of course, is, excuse me, well, some such teams were the New England Patriots, Carolina Panthers, Tennessee Titans, Atlanta Falcons, Los Angeles Chargers, Las Vegas Raiders, Seattle Seahawks, and Washington Commanders. So, as you know, the New England Patriots this offseason fired Bill Belichick. The Panther, well, they mutually parted ways. We'll, we'll put it to you that way. The Carolina Panthers moved on from their head coach, Frank Reich, halfway through the year. Yep. The Tennessee Titans moved on from head coach Mike Rabel this offseason. The Atlanta Falcons moved on from head coach Arthur Smith this offseason after a massive collapse. The Chargers booted the woefully underqualified Brandon Staley after the, I mean, towards the end of the year, still during the year. The Vegas Raiders had an interim head coach serving in Antonio Pierce after Josh McDaniels was booted halfway through the year. The Seattle Seahawks and Washington Commanders, on the other hand, let go of Pete Carroll and Ron Rivera, respectively. However, so on the show, we have, you know, mentioned that with Bill Belichick, the legendary head coach out in New England, they brought back Gerard Mayo, the de, de facto defensive coordinator now serving as their head coach. And the Vegas Raiders actually, get this, made a smart decision yeah. and kept, and or they're playing the hot hand with interim, now permanent head coach, Antonio Pierce. And I believe that is what we covered thus far. However, then all of a sudden this week, a bunch of coaching dominoes fell with the Tennessee Titans snagging the Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan, Mm -hmm. the Carolina Panthers grabbing Dave Canales, I believe is how it's pronounced. If I'm not, please let me know. Or if I'm wrong, please let me know. And they grab the offensive coordinator from their division rival, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then you have the Atlanta Falcons, who grabbed the Rams defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris. Then there is the team known as the L.A. Chargers, who grabbed the current NCAA football champion head coach, and former NFL head coach for the Niners, Jim Harbaugh. Yes, they did. Justin, what do you think about these hires so far? Uh, man, I'm liking them so far. Not to, I'm liking them because, you know, hey, no one's going after the Ravens. And also, uh, I like Jim Harbaugh in the NFL. I think it's about time he finally moved on. And now that he actually got the natty, it, it was time for him to move on. I'm happy. I think I like him with the Chargers because of the talent that's there in Los Angeles. And I just got to wait and see. I'm surprised more head coaching candidates have from different OCs. Like, I really thought Ben Johnson with Detroit would get a head coaching job. 
he still could, but I don't see it just yet because I feel like everything else has been filled just fine. I think. Hold on, wait. Is Seattle still open? Yeah, they are. I could see. I could see Seattle trying trying to take him, but outside of that, oh no, I think these are actually smart decisions. As far as the Carolina Panthers, they saw what they what Tampa did. Tampa Bay did with Baker, and they were like, we need this for Bryce Young. We need something to go right with him. So, yeah, I see that as a smart decision. Uh, Antonio Pierce needed to come back for the Raiders. It would have been a dumb decision, which they're prone to do at times, to get to do. Yep. But luckily, they kept him. Oh, so, and uh, yeah. allegedly, if the Raiders – so remember they had that whole saga with Rich Versace where their players wanted him to come back? They chucked their concerns into the wind and hired Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. If they had the exact same song and dance with Antonio Pierce, allegedly Max Crosby would have demanded a trade. So, yeah. So, yeah, the Raiders made a smart decision. I'll be. Mm-hmm. What else? Anything else? No, I think all in all it's good. Uh, the Cincinnati OC finally leaving and going to – Tennessee Titans. I think that's another good hire for Tennessee. They need an offensive-minded head coach right now, and I think that does the job for them. So, all in all, good. Good all-around choices. I don't really see any particularly bad choices. I just wonder where Bill Belichick's going to go now. Huh. That is something, isn't it? Yeah. Uh I'm just going to do a quick breakdown here. I agree with everything that Justin said. I, I do. I liked Mayo to New England. I agree that the Raiders should have kept Pierce. Callahan could reinvigorate a Titans team. Raheem Morris should, or I believe he should be better than Arthur Smith. And Jim Harbaugh might be just what the doctor ordered for our dear friend Justin Herbert. Yep. And. Dave Canales, I think, is going to be exactly what the doctor ordered for our dear friend Bryce Young. However, there are two job openings left. The Seattle Seahawks and Washington Commanders. First, I'd like to address some rumors. There are rumors that they that both teams are waiting, you know, to grab an offensive player coordinator and defensive coordinator you know from from these teams allegedly both these teams are waiting on cover your ears justin ravens defensive coordinator mike mcdonald and they're also waiting for the detroit lions offensive coordinator ben johnson whenever they're out but um uh, the ravens dc isn't available at this time due to you know pressing matters to deal with so unfortunately that's why they're waiting will decline for next year this time next year well folks you heard it here first give my man a front office position it needs to happen what do you think justin i think i deserve front office position the way i'm trying to defend my dc over here i like it however despite everything that's happened there's a very big name that has not been brought up and who's not even the front runner for this bill belichick who you know six time super bowl winning head coach two times super bowl winning defensive coordinator 
you know, and people mistakenly say, oh, it was only Brady that made him. It's like, yeah, with, without knowing that Brady was still pick 199, but whatever. And so, yeah, nobody has hired him yet. Are you surprised, Justin? Surprise, no. But I think it, I'm not sure if it's a matter of time. I think they got I think they're going to question whether or not Bill has anything left in the tank, and whether or not it was more so Brady than it was a Belichick. I think that's probably what's going on in everyone's mind. I think sooner or later somebody should hire him because it's Bill Belichick. He's easily the most decorated head coach that's available. Period. So I don't see what the holdup is. You know, go on. I was just saying, no, no, no. Yeah, I agree. I do. I, I, I don't know what the holdup is either. He's not the front runner for any job. There's a very real chance he hasn't coached next year. Yep. And you know what's weird? This also applies to some other big names like Pete Carroll, who apparently yep. was offered a role to be somewhere in the Seattle just front office perhaps or some advisory role, mm-hmm. but he still wants to coach and other teams talking to him and other team is talking to Mike Rabel, who himself happens to be a pretty darn good head coach. So you have three really good head coaches, but you know, they're not spring chickens anymore. Well, maybe Rabel, but you know, they're not the young, sexy hotshot options. So teams are passing up on them. And that's a, uh, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Frankly, I also feel like Washington should just promote Eric Bieniemy to head coach, but what do I know? But even still, Seattle, like, really? You're not going to bring in Bill Belichick or Mike Rabel? That's silly. Yeah. And I just... My big takeaway is that the times are truly changing. That That's really where I stand. And I don't think a lot of it's a Bill Belichick problem. Oh, kind of. We'll get there. But a lot of but Bill Belichick apparently is insistent upon being the GM, as he was in New England. But a lot of these teams don't necessarily want to part ways with their GM, you know? For yeah. example, one reason he fell through with the Falcons is that they think Terry Fontenot, if that's how you pronounce his name, is, a, is doing a good job. And I happen to agree. He is. So why would you move on from him? Why would you move on from any of your GMs? Unless you just happen to have an opening, which the Chargers did, but I think Bill would like to be a head coach and a GM. So that's Hopefully a lot of it. This damn and a lot of it, yeah. And a lot of it is, is he being stubborn? Yeah, but I've also heard that there are a few teams that just don't think his very militant, my way or the highway, do your job approach will mesh with today's players. And unfortunately, I think they're right. That's not an indictment on Bill. Players today, yeah. I'm not going to lie, they're a little, I won't say soft, but they're a little more egocentric. You know, it's not really about winning championships anymore. It's about getting your money and running up your stats. You know, that hmm. applies directly. You know, it's about do having crazy social media antics. It's about having a personality beyond the game. And I am not saying that as a put down at all. What I am saying is that that flies directly in the face of what Bill Belichick believes. And I'm not saying the game has passed him by. I still think he can be an elite level head coach. I'm just saying that player attitudes have changed. And I think a lot of teams notice that. And it's the same thing with Pete Carroll as well. 
and to a lesser extent, Mike Vrabel. I could see that. I could so see I think Bill that Belichick might... not being that way anymore. Yeah, and I just think that it's just a new era is all. I mean, these are three good head coaches that probably won't get jobs. And I think Belichick should, but at the but I don't know. So we'll see. Not to mention Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick have spent a majority of their time as head coaches of one team. I mean, Carroll's been the head coach of the Seahawks since 2011, 2012. 2010. Oh, 2010. Yeah. So it's been a while. And Bill Belichick's been there since 2000 for New England. So, yeah, mm-hmm. honestly, these guys, they're great. Bill Belichick is definitely a future Hall of Famer. Pete Carroll, maybe, probably not. But I just think this is where, you know, the curtain's closing, take your flowers and bow out. I wish it wasn't so, but I think it might be time for old Bill to hang it up. I'm not sure if a team will take him. I hope so because I still want to see him coach, but I'm not sure if people will take that. If it's not Dallas, I'm not sure where he, where he goes. Maybe yeah. next year. Maybe next year. Perhaps. Not this year. However, let me just say that uh, as far as I go, I believe that the Washington Commanders, right? I'm going to make a prediction here. Yeah. Apparently, they're all in on Ben Johnson. They want Ben Johnson. And I think if they're going to – promote Eric Bieniemy to head coach, they would have done it already, which is what I think they should have done. But I believe that once the Lions season comes to an end, whether they get the Lombardi or whether they don't, I think they're going to end up going with Ben Johnson. And the Seahawks, mm-hmm. I genuinely don't know. The Seahawks are a team that I could see uh, grabbing a Mike Vrabel type of guy or something like that, you know? I wouldn't necessarily rule out Bill Belichick, but I don't think it's likely. I don't think, uh, Tuck, I think you'll be happy to hear, I don't think that Mike McDonald's going to leave Baltimore this season. Not yet. The same thing could happen to Ben Johnson. I don't know, but that's my predictions. I think think, uh, Ben Johnson goes to Washington and Vrabel goes to Seattle. Yeah. What about you? I wish the enemy got a job, but it sounds like Ben Johnson's going to be the commander's head coach. I'm not sure if Vrabel gets that coach in Seattle, but I could see it. I could see it. Because I think Pete Carroll and Mike Vrabel are similar in ways. Yeah. I could see it. Yeah, I, I could definitely – you know, I, I, that's why I said I was like, because I could definitely envision it. Ah, oh, well. Do we have anything else to mention before we end the show? The Ravens are winning on Sunday. Well, folks, you heard it here first. The Ravens are winning on Sunday. That's all I need to say. I believe so as well, Justin. I really do. But that'll do it for us tonight. Thanks for listening to us. We have episodes out on Tuesdays, 7.30 p.m. and Fridays at 5 p.m. Be sure to follow our YouTube channel, where we also have all our episodes available on places like Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. 
Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast and our TikTok at FumbleRooskiPod to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the other NFL. So, we will see you next week. On behalf of myself and Justin Tucker, may your teams win. Mm -hmm. Over and out.